As promised, talking law in the studio now, Anthony D. Hammond Legal. Good afternoon to you, Anthony. Nice to see you. Thank you. Let's move on to the subject you want to touch on today. Um, And we're talking about elder abuse. And it's a horrible, horrible thing to even think about. That people have led their lives and probably contributed and they've worked and looked after their families and now being taken advantage of. How how rife is this? It's unfortunately... it's quite common, and I, in, in my experience, it's becoming more common, unfortunately. Really? Why do you think that is possible? I think it's just an instance where we're living longer. Um, retirees are now hitting the retirement age with m- more money in their pockets than maybe what a previous generation have, right. whether it's from owning their own home, superannuation, um, just some I- I- wise investments over the years. So you do have a lot of elderly people who are hitting retirement with, like, a lot of money in their purse with their own frailing bodies and frailing minds and relying on family members to yeah. assist with them. And a lot of those family members do the right thing, but you are now seeing instances, and I think increasing instances, of those family members and trusted individuals taking advantage of the situation. That is a sense of entitlement by a family member who justifies their actions by saying, well, they're going to pass away soon anyway and I'm going to get it anyway. A lot of those instances, yes. It's, it can be justified that they're frail, so yeah, what, why do they need all that money? Or I'm looking after them, I deserve to that be happens. compensated for yeah. my time looking after them. Um, or it can even be right back like, I, I have seen instances well. They weren't a very good parent to me growing up. Therefore, I'm essentially yeah. as bad as I might say. I'm going to be returning the favour mm. now that they're older and I'm the one looking after them. Oh, it's a horrible situation, isn't it? And it is a criminal offence, which makes sense. It can be considered criminal. If it's financial abuse or physical abuse, if it's fraud in regards to finances, it can be criminal. Just go, uh, elaborate on that a little bit, will you? The things that are considered elder abuse. Yes, yeah, so and the most common one is financial abuse. So this is where the elderly person's their finances might be controlled by um, the son or daughter who might suddenly put the bank or the money into their own account yeah. or take the bank card off the elderly person. That happens quite a lot. It does happen quite a lot. So where an elderly person may no longer have full control of their finances then that can be considered financial elder abuse. Oh, totally. I mean, obviously, a lot of people, parent, you know, family members that are looking after a very elderly parent, they can't get the parent, can't go shopping, so they mm-hmm. take their card. And, it, well, how do you stop that? I mean, it's a family member who the mother trusts or father trusts. They can't be ringing the police or anything, can they? A lot of the times that's it? not... That's fine because a lot a lot of family members do do the right thing. Of course they do. Yeah, yeah. So the the more instances will be say, if the family member takes the elderly person to a bank to withdraw a large sum of money, or to an ATM to withdraw a large sum of money, yeah. or if the family member constantly keeps asking the elderly person for loans or handouts here and there. But somebody else has got to be aware of that. Yes. And if they are abusing, then obviously they're keeping it pretty quiet. It might be somebody that's got dementia, if an elderly person that's got dementia, being taken advantage. It sounds horrible, doesn't mm-hmm. it, to even think it goes on. But like you say, it is quite rife out there. Now, emotional or psychological, verbal or physical threats, oh, that's awful. Yeah, so we do see instances, unfortunately, where the abuse can take the more traditional forms. So physical abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse... Um, 
there, there unfortunately can be instances where you're, the elderly person is being controlled so they're they're no longer let out yeah. of the house, or they're controlled where they can go, who they co- who they're allowed to have contact with. Um, there can be very serious instances. Once of again, those. how are others to know to try and prevent this or stop it happening? It's pretty hard unless the older mm-hmm. person is going somewhere where she can relate the story, you know, to a nurse or a doctor or something. You know, I mean, it, it, say if the one family member is aware of another family member probably taking advantage. How easy is it for them to report what they think is happening? Mm-hmm. The first port of call is always contact the police because okay. some of these instances can be considered a criminal offence. If it is, the police will investigate. Um, I think that all be a criminal offence. It's pretty horrible. Yeah, it, it, it is pretty horrible. Physical. Beyond that, um, if the police were to determine that there's not enough evidence there to, for criminal charges... Mm. Um, the next port of call would be to lodge an application at the State Administrative Tribunal yeah. for administration and guardianship orders. By initiating the application at the tribunal, the tribunal would usually engage a caseworker at the public advocate right. who would investigate the situation due interviews of all the relevant people, including the elderly person, Good. and present a report to the tribunal with their findings and with their recommendations. Not to gen- not to sort of generalise too much about this, but there's been a lot of documentaries about um, lack of care in some aged care places, mm-hmm. right? Placement of elderly people there, where there's not enough staff, unfortunately, at the moment, but looking after them. What if the family are aware that that might be happening um, when they've got their parents in an aged care home? What can they do about that? Yeah, so with the aged care facilities, we've seen examples of unfortunate abuse committed by aged care workers um again the abuse is usually physical that's where a police report can be made um we have seen instances where families have unfortunately essentially bugged their parents rooms with video cameras to monitor and capture any footage that footage can then be used by police for prosecution um, and it's unfortunate that families need to go down that path, but if, if they believe that something is happening, yeah. then they should, yeah. Bruising or upset or they can see they're not eating properly. Uh, neglect. This is this can happen in their own home yeah, so or once again in aged care. With the neglect situation, it's a situation where elderly people just simply aren't being taken care of. Yeah. So they're not being provided with social support, connections, and even now to the point where food, shelter, oh. medical supplies simply aren't being provided. It's absolutely disgusting, isn't it, really? You, you raise a family and hoping you'll see a few days out at the end there. Oh, it is. And yeah. this is where the, the our elderly people are the most vulnerable people in our yeah. society. So, And unfortunately, because they're vulnerable, there are always going to be individuals who seek to take advantage of the situation. Well, younger people, if you're listening at the moment, just look at what you might be doing to your aged care responsibility and just remember that one day you're going to be <laughs> like it. <laughs> you're looking that. at your future, guys. Anthony Deke in the studio, we're talking about elder abuse, not a very good subject, but unfortunately a realistic situation. And it's interesting, isn't it? If you were to treat a, an animal badly, uh, the RSPCA, of course, hopefully would be involved and then they could be prosecuted. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and can that happen to the people that uh, treat others like this? Yeah, so you just need to know where to go. 
Okay. We've had a caller through. Um, it's quite a lengthy one here. Uh, they're asking, where can these elderly people go when caught up in situations like her aunt's son thought he needed to be power of attorney, so he got her to sign the P of A form uh, without a witness, done illegally. He then went to her bank, withdrew her funds and put them into a high-risk investment. Auntie went to the police. The police can't do anything. Now Auntie and son are not talking. Look, it's an unfortunate situation and um, an element where that's not very uncommon. Um, often elderly people can be put into situations where they feel like they're forced to sign a document they may not really understand or want to sign. Um, in this situation, depending on how the... the uh, an enduring power of attorney does need to be signed and si- signed by two witnesses. That's what I can't work out so a bit away with that. Yeah. If the... Power of attorney was not witnessed correctly and was not a complete document that was properly filled out. The bank may be liable for allowing the transaction to proceed on the basis that the enduring power of attorney was improperly filled and a complaint can be made to the bank to the Australian Financial Complaints Authority, AFCA. Um, AFCA. If the power of attorney was, say, signed by two witnesses at a later date and looked on the face of it complete... Which, which m- might have happened, then I don't think the bank m- will be liable. Um, but where your aunt can go is, first thing she should do is see a lawyer yeah. and prepare what is called a revocation. Revocation. The, a revocation of the enduring power of attorney and have the enduring power What's of attorney. That? Well, what is it that? It essentially is a document signed by the aunt saying, I revoke the enduring power of attorney. Where does she attorney. get that from? She needs to go to see a lawyer. To a have lawyer the, will have that, a revocation. A, a lawyer will be able to prepare a, a revocation prepare. for her, okay. revoking the enduring power of attorney made out to her son. Right. Um, and then she needs to work to get her money back. I think she should go, if the police won't do anything, then she needs to go to the State Administrative Tribunal and have them investigate the situation. The the lawyer would be able to tell them that, of course, to go on. Yeah, now that is awful. Now, the auntie and the son aren't speaking, of course, you know. I mean, just these are bad tastes. So you sign forms, if your family suggested it's in your best interest, because you trust them. Unfortunately, that's all too common because when you are in that situation, you think, who can I trust? Yeah. And you do implicitly believe that you can always trust some of, of the close people in your family. Well, you've brought them up, you've loved them to death, you've kissed them to death, you've changed their nappies, you've looked after them <laughs> and financed <laughs> them. And the I won't go any further. Um, some of the, you've touched on a few areas where it's likely to occur. We might just touch on a little on that a little bit more, if you will. Uh, the carer, for example, for example. Yeah. So a lot of the times the person who's looking after the elderly person, they might be in a situation themselves where they're financially strapped or in a situation where they have their own pressures and then think to themselves, oh, what can I do? And they see an opportunity. Yeah. Families, um, you're right, don't mean to start out that way, but the pressures of anxiety. I've seen it with uh, a lot of people in their middle age, 60s or whatever, with elderly <coughs> parents that, you know, are finding it really tough to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so the older person is unable to stop or report abuse due to cognitive impairment. That's yeah, sure. so this is a very common situation where sometimes the elderly person, they've begun to go, essentially their capacity has started to decline. Yeah. So if they starting to get early onset of dementia and their memory is lapsing, they don't remember transactions, they don't remember giving away money, um, that can be very difficult in essentially stopping the abuse from happening. 
you know, choosing a family member or a friend or a carer to take on that responsibility if they're starting to get to that stage is really sad. Can people, before they get to that, you know, that may happen to them, it may not, can they do something legally that says they want an advocate or someone, you know, someone that mm-hmm. is not part of the family system? Yep. So they can prepare what is called an enduring power of attorney where you nominate someone to make decisions financial decisions on your behalf if you ever lose mental capacity yeah i'd get somebody that's in law that was impartial to the family you know that had a reputation to retain if you have family members who you don't believe can act in that act in that position impartially then you can bypass them and nominate the public advocate and the public trustee there you the go state that's that's what I'm thinking would be not a bad idea, would probably stop a lot of this, if you've got someone like that. Um, as a result of location, cultural or language barriers, definitely. Yeah, so again, again people often, if they're of a different culture, um, if English isn't their first language, that, and also in those family dynamics, often the children have a much more leading role in looking after the parents, and that also can lead to a situation That's where a cultural thing, the, yeah. yeah, where abuse can take place. And you've seen it. Yes, these are all things no unfortunately we've experienced. Okay, uh, and the carer or the older person dealing with addiction that is the carer for somebody. Yeah, so let's capable. just say the son or daughter yeah. has a drug addiction yeah. and okay. looking to feed that drug addiction, they look to get quick money from unfortunately the parent. Well. <laughs> It'd be all too easy, wouldn't it, really? Um, and the carer or older person is dependent on the other person for support. Now, that is the big one. Yeah, so a lot of the times an elderly person feels like that they have to go along with it yeah. because they're the ones reliant on on the care from fed, their whatever. carer. Now, what should they do if perhaps listening at the moment and they feel that some of these things are happening to mm-hmm. them or a family member knows that their parent or whatever has been treated this way... What what should they do straight away? So if there's a fir- if there's an immediate safety risk, then they should not hesitate to call triple zero and get the police out there straight away. Um, if you still decide to stay in the situation, then you've got to have some sort of plan in place. Um, whether you start putting money aside without the carer knowing about it, okay. whether it's physical money stashed away under the mattress mm. or you open up a separate bank account without them knowing and start putting some money away. You've got to be able to have that plan in place. Um, Start finding people in your life that you can rely on Mm. and start letting them know the situation, whether that is other family member, friends in another support network, a church group, anything. Just just try to find someone and start talking to them about it. and, and if eventually, if the, if the police won't help, and you you sometimes you may just need to seek legal advice. Yeah. Um, and we there are documents we can prepare and engage the tribunal to have the person essentially cut out from your life. Yeah. And if necessary, we can go after them to get any money clawed back, back that they yeah. may have used. I, I think, you know, once they get, if your person gets to a point where they've got early dementia or they're unwell, like we've mentioned, but you've mentioned before, I would think when you're at your healthiest best as you're getting older that you arrange, I would like to know that I've had a, an advocate that could do all of that. Like I was asking you earlier if that's possible. Yeah, so... So you don't get in the situation in the first place. If you've got family members who unfortunately aren't in a situation where you think that they would make the decisions yeah, they can on your behalf, 
then you can prepare a document essentially appointing that if anything happens to you capacity-wise, you want the state to look That's after you. That's the way you. to go. But you see, you in good faith. You have your daughter, your son, your aunt, your niece or whatever that says, I can be your carer. Um, and they do it for in starting off possibly with all the good intentions, but something can click sometimes in their mind. Sometimes situations change. That's exactly right. I'd be getting an outsider. You're booked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Jenny. Anthony Deek from Hammond Legal.